What is this thing supposed to be anyway? He calls it the pod chamber. Looks like a giant metal soccer ball. Like a rusty Epcot. Yeah! Yes. I like you. I like you too. Why does Mark live in here again? It's supposed to be temporary. I think his last place blew up. Oh, left the gas on. Something like that. Well then, shall we? Ah! I am the Sphinx. Oh. Hi. Is Marco? Mark. Dottore's roommate? The idiot roommate. Right. Is he home? Um, which ones are you? Clayton Fates. Jeffrey Gardner. From from the the Our Fair Fair City City podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, wait. Do you want to, like, do a riddle? Not really. No. Yeah, okay. Go on in. Just don't disturb the piles. Hello? Look out! (laughs) Don't disturb my piles! Hi, Dottore. Is Mark around? Around what? Is he home right now? Home right? Like a playwright? Will someone please get this junk off me? Oh, sorry. Servos, wheels, plutonium 2-3. Dottore, you're not trying to build a Mars rover from spare parts, are you? No, that would be desperate. <laughs> I'm perfectly capable of meeting a nice single robot my own age. That's right. You're the guy that's pathetically crazy about the Curiosity rover. How do you know about that? Dude, everybody knows. Ooh, how? Well, don't feel bad. Maybe you'll find a nice human scientist to settle for you. Don't try to cheer me up, you asshole! I've decided to spend the rest of my lonely night sighing deeply and playing mournful voila songs to the cold, pitiless moon. Oh, hey, that reminds me. Did you guys read about the Chinese rover that landed on the moon? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's called U2. Pod chamber, initiate launch sequence, engage thrusters, fire all metro rockets, froggies come a-courtin'. Destination. The planet called Moon. Coordinates calculated. Awaiting command to blast off. I think we're just going to leave before you blast off. What'd you say, son? We're going to leave before you... Blast off! Whoa! Attention, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, scientists, brains, and sensory organs of all ages. It is time once again for Blastro Podcast. <laughs> and now your host, that man of science, Dottore. My good friends Clayton Fates and Jeffrey Gardner, here within the warm bowels of my pod chamber. This is just where I wanted to be on a Saturday night. Yeah, as a, as a hostage of the pod chamber, I kind of feel, I don't know about your friends. You're but... not a hostage if we're friends! It's like a sleepover! That works both ways. You're not friends if you're a hostage too, right? I mean... Look, I never took logic in elementary school. <laughs> well, fair enough. I guess I didn't take that in elementary school either, so I'm on board. Well, boys, welcome to episode 21 of Blastro Podcast, the show all about science. Well, guys, do you know what place that we're hurtling towards? I believe we're hurtling towards the, the planet called Moon. Yes, the planet called Moon. It's so exciting. We're going to be the first human beings to ever travel to Moon. Dottore, I... I'm not sure if that's true. Sure, no one is. Well, guys, you have come to my pod chamber door seeking out my idiot roommate, Mark Soloff, but instead you get treated with a first-class ticket to La Luna. Now, uh, please, for our internewed audience that are not familiar with you, uh, tell them who you are and what you're all about. 
Uh, I'm Clayton Fates. Uh, I'm a science educator by day and a managing artistic director of a, of a radio play called Our Fair City, for which your idiot roommate Mark does uh, uh, a little bit of schlep work. Yes, he is a schlep. Uh. And what are you? <laughs> and I'm Jeffrey Gardner, uh, generally informally. And uh, I am a science educator and dramaturg, a theater researcher by day, and the executive producer of a post-apocalyptic radio play by night. That's the same post-apocalyptic radio play. So he thinks. So I think. You guys are like those villains, in, like those, those guys in G.I. Joad, where the one guy has the scar and the other guy doesn't have the scar, but they look identical. Which one am I? Except you don't have a scar and you don't look identical. You know those ones? <laughs> Remember that, G.I. Joad? All too well. The real American hernet? Anyway, <clears throat> you guys like the science, eh? I like the science. I, You know, I, I have come to a grudging acceptance of the science. You've come to a, yes, uh, as most people must. Science, science is all around us, Jeffrey. It binds us. I, you know, I really prefer the stories we tell uh, before we figure out the science. Really? That's really my, my thing. You're a fan of mythology? Uh, occasionally. Excellent, excellent. We'll get into that in a bit. Let's talk for a moment. You two, how do you know each other? We were professional wizards for the same institution. That seems like the opposite of science, Clayton. Well, that's something we struggled with, too. Yeah. You, might, you might think so. Funny, funny coincidence. But no, you'd be wrong. It's, uh, you know... It's impossible, Clayton. <laughs> I'm a man of science. I'm Detore. You are Detore. I'm Detore Bologna. You are not a wizard. You are human. I am, I am a mere mortal, but... Uh, You're a mirror mortal? I am a mirror I thought we banished <laughs> all of those to the Shatter Zone. Oh, don't, don't infect me with your shiny ways. You know, this is really going differently from how I thought this, like, nice calming night with Mark was going to go. Yeah. Mark has a soporific effect on everyone he speaks with. Puts him right to sleep. Yeah, that's what we were looking for today. (laughs) But I guess we're here blasting off to the moon, so we've got to make the best of it. Yeah, baby! Just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride! So you were professional wizards. Yeah, we were professional wizards What together. does that even mean? That sounds cryptic. Uh, so we, uh, we did education and uh, tour guiding at a certain big science museum that had a certain uh, wizard exhibit. Uh, you can, it's the Museum of Surgical Science, isn't it? That's you right. can say this. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that place is all three floors of fun. Oh, what? It is <laughs> Dude, fun. Museum birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and then we became, uh, I guess, uh, submarine bros, um, and we make art together. You make I, out together? I don't know. I don't know. Once we're submarine Before, uh, bros, I don't think making out together is really that bad. I that's, think. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of going down the scale. Uh, yes. Well, <clears throat> okay, so you were once uh, Wurzers. You were Viziers. And then you were submariners. Grand viziers. Grand viziers. And now you are not those things, but you're still educators. That's correct. Excellent. I know. E- ed- educating the, the public. The publics. The, them. <laughs> All of them. About, about the science. About the science. Okay, so I think I asked this question already, but what is it about science that appeals to you? Jeffrey, you said you like the shit that comes before science. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's it's always really interesting to see how people can look at a thing and make something up to explain it. Uh, and I know that, you know, science has now figured out a lot of really good reasons, and I think that's great, and that's really useful. But I'm always really interested in the, uh, the stories we tell ourselves to make things make sense. Oh, it's called lies. We tell ourselves lies so that we can get out of bed. Yeah. We can say today will be better than yesterday. 
<laughs> oh, Jeffrey, it's a lie. Oh, geez, this is the saddest myth ever. It is a sad myth, but we're going to make it much better because we're going to find that goddamn new rover and we're going to make it our own. <laughs> I mean, I will. I mean, uh, uh, exploration. Clayton! We're going to the moon. What is it about science that uh, really tweaks your buggles? On a personal level, I want to live forever, and I think science is the is the way that we're going to do that. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to to be be made immortal in my current sort of meat flesh body, but I'd also be equally happy having my consciousness downloaded into a computer. Wait, you genuinely want to live forever? I think that that would be rather spectacular. Yes. Why would you want to do that? There's so much to see. In 60 years, we went from the the right flyer to the first moon landings. And then, like, less than 60 years after that, to to our current trip to the moon landing. Mm -hmm. Well, and and in a rare case, I'm actually going to agree with Clayton here. um, Because, you know, even if we are stuck in, you know, some hard drive and can't interact with the rest of the world... You know, people are always going to be writing new books and creating new things. And if those can be downloaded into that hard drive with us and we can consume those forever, uh, that's that's pretty cool. But, Jeffrey, I'm going to play the devil's advocate right here. As we all know, Aristotle once said that there's only 11 stories that man can tell. Yeah, Why but would you are... want to read Twilight again when they reboot it in 70 years? <laughs> but there are so many different ways to tell it. Plus, it can only get better. Am I right? Well, well. And One would hope. So, so. Compared to what, like blackness and nothing? I don't know. Yes, I will, this... I'll take I'll take five thousand <laughs> different versions of Twilight to not existing. I don't know, actually. When you put it that way, oh. oh. So that that suggests you don't believe in a snacker life. I believe in snacks. Me too. <laughs> I believe in life. I think we're on the same page, here, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. But I believe once they're eaten, the existence of the snack just turns to oblivion. Yeah, you know, having when you finish the corn chips, other than you know a meaty belch. There's not really anything else coming after that. You guys, should eat more fiber if that's true. Yeah, guys, I'm going to let you in on something. There is a second life for food, but it all food must be really evil because it goes to a bad place. <laughs> it becomes a demon. Is that what that smell is here in the pod chamber? What? Oh, no, that's just some of my natural fragrance. <laughs> so that's... that's oh. Well, Look, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us guys, today. Guys, much like a perfumist, I cover my, my body with hamburgers. That's awful. Yeah, it's like oil that comes out of a whale. So that's on purpose? Uh-huh. It's on purpose. Jesus. Is yeah. that where you get that that healthy sheen? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a, I'm like a green machine. I like to apply it liberally to my whole corpulent frame. It helps me get through doorways, Clayton. Gets, it gets me around tight jerns. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a mental image. <laughs> Gentlemen! Is there anything else my audience needs to know about you before we plunge into learning? No, let's get plunging. Plunge. Plunge away. Oh, you don't want to give me permission <laughs> no, to plunge. Don't regret my choices. Here we go! <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm glad that you have absconded with me in the pod chambre beyond the surly bonds of the planet Earth because we can talk all sorts of educationalness about the moon. What is moon? Well, Dottore, uh the moon is the Earth's only naturally occurring satellite. What about Sputnik? That's an artificial satellite, so somebody put it up there. You mean it's not real? It's real, but it was made. It was made by. The... It wasn't. It wasn't always real. Oh, moon was always real. Well, moon, moon right, was real, so... starting about four point four. You guys 4. are talking in circles around ago. me. Let's get down to what is moon. Moon's up there, man. Moon's a big chunk of rock with maybe some iron and some water on it. Water, iron in it, water on it. It's out there, man. It's a quarter million miles out there, orbiting the Earth. 
Sil- Once every 27 days or so. Silently, like a big gray eyeball watching us. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Jeffrey, stop making moon of noise in my ear. I'm just trying to help, Jeffrey. You're, you're giving me is the easily heart- frightened. Yeah. And he, gets, giving- he gets flatulent when he's startled. Oh, I do. No. And, and when I'm not startled. <laughs> well. You're giving me freakouts. And I just read the collected works of H.P. Lovejob. So don't. So moon is rock. It's sailing around us like a big circular sailor. Yep. The sailor moon. It's out there. It's a quarter of a million miles away. Seems pretty far. Is moon going to crash into us? Actually, the moon's slowly getting further and further away from us. Oh, good! I don't like that weird pervert. So it's getting slowly away from us. Yeah, it moves It moves away from us by about 3.8 centimeters every single year because the Earth spins faster than the moon orbits it. The, the moon is actually creating a, a, a sort of a tidal break on the Earth. It's slowing down the rotation of the Earth. So our day gets 2.3 milliseconds longer every 100 years. And the moon gets just a little farther away because it's absorbing that rotational energy. What? Yeah. Wait, moon is literally slowing down the Earth? Sure. And it, it, so it, is it eventually going to uh, possibly like join the orbit of another planet? I guess if it flies off in the right direction? Tempted by the moon of another? Uh, I mean, it's, it's really uh, that far in the future? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. I guess it would. Have I haven't talked about the moon about its long-term plans. Really, really lucky if it flew off and happened to catch. Well, it would fall into solar orbit, so it would oh, basically, sure. if it got far enough away to to no longer be tied to the Earth, it would be it would be floating around the sun. So it really could become a new planet. In a way, there are some scientists that actually call the moon a planet. It's it's quite large uh, uh, for its like class. Generally, you, you, you evaluate the size of a moon based on how big it is in relationship to its primary. And with the exception of, of uh, uh, Charon, Charon mm-hmm. orbiting Pluto, uh, the Earth and its moon have the, have the closest ratio. The moon is only 181st. One, one, yeah, 181st of the Earth's mass. Whoa. Now, the moon isn't the largest moon, though, right? No, that's correct. There are four other moons in the, in the solar system that are larger than ours. But okay, I'm going to guess which ones they are. Go for it. Jupiter? Yes. Uh, Poopiter? Yes. Uh, sun. Yes. And moon of sun. Yes, you win! <laughs> I win the lightning round review! <laughs> you fools! I did it to myself! <laughs> okay, so now we know what moon is. It is rock. And it's uh, apparently a mean rock, because it's trying to get away from us and slowing down some of our stank. It's slowing down our stank, something fierce. That's but very, very cool, slowly. Man. Yeah. Ever so slowly. It's like our child. It's taking all of our best years. And then eventually leave us. You know, that's funny uh, because actually a lot of the myths around the moon revolve around childhood and mothers. Okay, let's get into this. Ancient Marin looked up at sky and saw the sun and said, that must be God. I'm dumb. I'll take it. It gives me life, whatever. Sure, yeah. But also, and this is legitimately something I hadn't thought about before, there must also be have been people looking at moon and thinking, what's that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, a lot of people said, oh, well, that must be the moon, or the, the sun's sister, or its cousin, or its, it's evil twin, oh. wife, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, no, it got revered as a god by all kinds of people. There are lots of different kinds of gods it got associated with, you know. Uh, the crescent moon looks kind of like a bow, and so it gets associated with a lot of hunter gods and goddesses. Um, it's out at night, and so it gets associated with... Vampires? Vampires, that's right. Vampires and werewolves. Uh, Uh, Werewolves. Werewolves. Gotcha. Please, Jeffrey, this is a science show. Ah, all right. I'll I'll try to be more accurate. I'm not the science guy here. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on 
another radio. You did show. introduce yourself <laughs> as a science guy. You, uh, that's you, fair. You, that's fair. Well, I'm not oh, a doctor. Well, that was a myth, Clayton. I do. Jeffrey is a myth guy. Bum, bum, bum. He's a myth blaster. He blasts his myth right in your ears. Yeah, no, no, but it, and and also because it's of the you know the tides and it gets associated with women and motherhood oh, and barf. menstruation. Yeah, and, oh, there we go. Yeah, there it is. Well, it's on a, it's on a twenty eight day cycle and uh, twenty seven point three. What, how can you have point three day, man? Man, I can have whatever point of day I want. Okay, Clayton, yeah. open your mind, Dory. <laughs> you captured us. Like, let us have whatever kind of day we want. Oh boy, this is like a horrible home invasion scenario. We're the guest. It really is. <laughs> we invaded your home, and then you captured us. <laughs> I should go to the panic pod so you can't get me with your misinformation. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, all the information I'm going to give you today is, is wrong. Your myths information. Yeah. Jeffrey, you like myths. You like the ancient classics. That's right. That's right. So, okay, people lo- looking up at Moon, they thought, oh, maybe it's the sun's wife. Oh, maybe it's a hunter. Oh, maybe it has something to do with women. What is the most compelling of myths in your uh, square-shaped brain? Oh, man. Uh, well, so, I, you know, I... I like the versions, um, and and this didn't have. I think before our, you know, Judeo-Christian thing took over, um, it didn't have a lot of the really negative connotations. But the the moon as kind of a controller of magic and magic, yeah, stuff like that, because it's out at night, and um, and night is kind of uncanny and weird, and all of the things you could see aren't there, or they look different. Um, and so I think uh, I think there's some really cool stuff there, and I, I, I don't know. I think that's really compelling. The, Did you just say all of the things you could see at night aren't there? The the things you can see during the day. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know, like shadows. I thought you meant like fake things happened at night, like well, Sp- Sputnik, <laughs> like Sputnik. Sputnik, you can see Sputnik at night. Can you? Not during the day so much. Is Sputnik at night still on? No, no. Has it fallen down? Yeah, it's, it's out of rotation. Decayed. Some time ago, I believe. Do we know where it came down? Did it burn up? It probably burned up. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I I didn't track Sputnik on his way down. Well, listeners to Blaster Podcast, if you guys want to go ahead and find the remains of Sputnik and send it on over to the pod chamber, we sure would be thankful. That'd be great. Okay, so Jeffrey, the particular myth about Moon that intrigues you is wasn't really nailed down specifically by you. You just said you're interested in people who talk that moon is magic. Yeah, I mean that's I don't know if there's I don't know if I have a favorite. Are moon you making myth. this up? I, absolutely, but that's that's the great thing about myths, right? Enough people make something up, and then enough people repeat it, and it becomes a myth. <laughs> okay, so so you like the particular mythos where people are saying the moon controls magic. I, I'm not sure what you're asking me, Dottore. I don't know what I'm asking me, Dottore. <laughs> Clayton, let's get back to moon facts. <laughs> cold, hard facts created by men in their earth labs. Sure, yeah. You said moon has water. Moon does have water. We're quite certain of it, yes. Wh- where's that water hiding? Moon, moon has water, so, okay, we found water. Is it water. in the Sea of Tranquility? Uh, possibly, yeah. There's there's water embedded in the surface. We found water involved, uh, uh, embedded in lo- uh, uh, lava rock, basically little lava rock globules. We found water inside of, and then they've seen lots of water at the at the poles. There's frozen water on the moon at the north and south poles. Now, how can we even tell that that's frozen water on the north and south of pole? Uh, that's a really good question. I know I'm the Tory Bolordo, man of science. So and I have the hard hitting questions. 
There's an artificial satellite orbiting the moon. Not uh, a real satellite? Not a, not a real satellite. One made by humans. Humankind. Uh, called like... Chandrayaan-1. Uh, and Chandrayaan-1 confirmed the existence of water uh, uh, using a spectrometer. So they're able to look at what, what wavelengths of electromagnetic radiation, like light, are emanating from the moon. And they found that there's a compound called hydroxyl up there, which is, uh, uh, it's basically a compound with an oxygen atom formed by a covalent bond, connected by a covalent bond to a hydrogen atom. So this is only something that's going to happen within the context of, of a water molecule. So they know it's up there because sunlight reflects off of that hydroxyl and up to the spectrometer. And depending on what wavelengths are reflected, they can tell what the, what the stuff is made of. So there's large quantities of water on the moon, which is really important. Huh. And one of the reasons we might, we might go there. Well, we're going there, Clayton. Oh, we're going. Thank, thank goodness. I'm thirsty. Oh, good. But we're not going there for water, buddy. We're going there for hot romance. Uh, you got to hydrate, though, beforehand. <laughs> this is like the worst double date ever. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to be my wingman. Not the least of which because you're my date, Jeffrey. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the bad part? Submarine. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, <clears throat> so we learned that there is water on the moon. Found that out through uh, expect. That's right. Right? Is there anything useful on the moon? Is there oil up there? I, I, you know, if anyone from the government is asking, I think there's oil and jobs for hardworking Americans on the moon. <laughs> I think we should get back up there. Uh, no, but there are there are lots of good reasons that we would want to go. Give me one of raisins. It's a great place to do astronomy. Dark sky observing. Oh, boy. I know. Most boring of all right. t- types of autonomies. It just teaches us about the universe. That's all it does. That's right. <laughs> so something on Earth that makes astronomy really challenging is our atmosphere, which we appreciate because it sustains life. But speaking of, did we bring life support? Do we have air in the pod chamber? Oh, don't even worry about that. The pod chamber is like a balloon. I'm a little worried about that. We've got a very technologically sophisticated life support system, Clayton. I'd explain it to you, but I don't want to bore you with technical details. Okay, so on Earth... The atmosphere and its varying density and temperature distorts all of the radiation that's coming in. And that includes light, that includes electromagnetic radiation of all kinds, uh, which is how we sort of observe the known universe. And so from the moon, which has minimal atmosphere, almost no atmosphere, we get a much clearer uh, uh, view of what's out there. And it's not distorted by atmosphere. It's not distorted by atmosphere, and it's not going to shake from cars rumbling by on the highway or anything like that. So you get a, you get a perfectly stable platform. Well, mm. nearly. All right, so if we went to moon, trick government into saying there's oil and jobs, they can make a astronomatorium and they can look at the night sky. That's much that's better. one very good reason to go. We could also use it as a as a remote base for launching things. Yeah, uh, like missiles. Like, well, hopefully not. That would be illegal. Would it be illegal? Yeah. And pretty awful, Dottore. I thought everything was fair in the war. We, <laughs> Jesus, we want less missiles, right? Well, that, how, how how do you think we got to the moon in the first place, Jeffrey? We pointed missiles at the moon. Okay, we want more missiles. And put a monkey on the missile. People in them. That doesn't and less sound... missiles going towards people. Look, Jeffrey, I'm going to school you with a little bit of history. The origin of the moon started with a place called the United Snakes of American and a place called the United Soviet Russians of American. The two of them had an ancient rivalry, and they said, I bet that we could blow you up better. And they said, I don't think so. And so I said, race you to the moon for it. And then the Russians said, all right. And then... The space race was born because there was an epic fishing contest between two superpowers. 
Well, so the fish and the snakes didn't shoot missiles at each other, and that's the important part. Well, that is an important part. Tori, that was remarkably accurate, actually. Thank you. I'm a man of science. (laughs) And a man of history. And a man of history. I'm a Tori. Clayton, I studied at the University of Bologna. How was it there? Did you... Did you go to a lot of keggers? It was savory. Is that where you picked up this grease thing you have going on? <laughs> I didn't go to keggers because it was in Renaissance Italy. I went to a lot of caskers. <laughs> Doing a cask stand. <laughs> okay, so we determined what the moon is. We determined why it's good to go to moon. We determined moon is going to go away. Uh, so eventually. One final of question originates and perhaps uh, jeffrey you can chime in with this as well with your mythological understanding how did moon get created uh well according to some chinese myths uh, i believe uh, a woman stole an immortality drink or pill or some kind of medicine and then accidentally ate it all and then floated up and reached <laughs> the moon uh, but fortunately uh, met a rabbit there who brewed potions, and that's actually where the Yutu and um, the Chang'e, I think Chang'e, um, I may be butchering those pronunciations, I don't speak Mandarin or any other form of Chinese, uh, uh, that's where the name of a lot of their uh, moon probes have come from. So a woman got high on her own supply, became... And that's why you never, ever do that. No, You may not. end up on the moon. Apparently, that's why also you never visit Mark Soloff. Who's Mark Soloff? Oh, my idiot roommate! Your idiot roommate, what? which is who we're trying to meet up with Are you implying until he's this a happened. drug dealer? Implying? Not so much. I mean, we're explying that. We're, we're just outright saying it, man. Now, there's a word I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> now, Clayton, let me explain to you something. <clears throat> this moon lady... She ate too much immortality juice, and she got sucked up into outer space as a punishment, and now is forced. Well, it's to... because she ate the whole pill. You're only supposed to bring half. Eat for... a half a pill. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. that makes you immortal. If you eat twice that, you float. She got high landed. Yeah, so, and now she's forced to have a moon, a moon, a moon bunny play with her pill. Yeah, box. I mean, if you look up, I mean, all kinds of different cultures have seen different things in the moon. The man in the moon, um, the cheese, uh, the, all the cheese holes. Um, which is a word I'm never going to say on Black Podcast again. <laughs> Cheese hole. Yep, and that's why. Um, or, or a rabbit. Uh, a rabbit is actually a pretty common one. Lots of cultures have seen rabbits in the moon. Huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it until it was pointed out to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that looks like a rabbit. All right, well, considering that uh, spectrometans have found that moon is rock, I choose to disavow that myth. It's not made of woman. It's made of rock. Actually, uh, um, I believe it was Mission Control asked, I think, Buzz Aldrin if he'd met the rabbit yet. And did he meet it? I don't know. The NASA hasn't released those files yet. Buzz Aldrin was pretty straight-laced. I don't think think he was getting high on the moon. (laughs) Now. Snorting that moon dust. Clayton? Yes, sir. We've we've established that moon is not made of woman. That's correct. How did moon originate to science? Uh, The prevailing theory is pretty hardcore, actually. There there have been many in the past. This is a family show, Clayton. This is Don't get too explicit. I'll try to keep it PG. So the current theory is the, the, that uh, an object 10% the mass of the Earth, uh, you can think of it about the size of, of Mars, which I know you, you visited recently. Yeah, it didn't Don't work out bring very that well. up. Besides the source subject, I know. I found a real wizard on Mars, though. Do you know that? I did. He zapped me back to the planet of Earth. That's fortunate for everyone but us. Hooray! Yeah, we're thrilled that you returned safe. You can't keep me down! <laughs> 
So an object the size of Mars may have collided with Earth some four and a half billion years ago. Oh, that is pretty awesome. It is. Well, so and here's here's the thing. Not only did it knock a hunk of, of the Earth off and sort of have this uh, material out there, but the energy of that impact created a sea of magma on Earth and on the moon. Some people think that the moon may have formed just as a as a giant blob of magma orbiting the Earth. So there was a magma ocean forged as a result that eventually cooled and settled. And the moon only looks the way it does now because of uh, uh, what they think was volcanic activity, actually. There was a, a, a molten uh, a core on the inside. There's a solid core of iron, a molten core of rock around that, and it was able to hydrostatically pull itself into a spherical shape. Uh, so the moon, its core is filled with precious iron. Precious, precious iron. The most technologically advanced metal known to man. If we could extract NSA, this, are you listening? If we could extract this iron from the inside well, of, course of the moon. Come on, of course they're listening. <laughs> they make up half of my subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we could extract the iron from the moon, we could be champions of the Iron Age. We could be rich boys. We're we're not going to travel in time, also, are we? No, I hate time travel. But that is another good reason to go to the moon. Time travel? No, mining. No, it's not really. We should go to asteroids to mine. But the moon's the moon's iron is buried deep within its crust. How deep could that crust be? It's not a deep dish. Well, the crust is forty two miles thick, but the mantle of the moon is an eight hundred and twenty five mile uh, uh, sort of chunk of of rock. Is mantle the layer under crust? Under crust over over core. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that a chapter in The Hobbit? It's like the part of the stuffed crust pizza that is the stuffed part. It's not the crust on the bottom. It's not the sauce on the top. It's in the middle there. It's the hot caloric part yeah mm. i want some mantle yeah. guys can we can we pause this and order some mantle i think we could it's chicago though it's gonna take like 45 minutes an hour to get here uh, i mean actually i think it's gonna take a little bit longer moon. than we, that clayton we might be yeah out of their delivery range maybe yeah. i don't know maybe they'll mail it to us giordano's air mail is one of those frozen ones yeah uh, yeah, attach maybe, it to a balloon float it up maybe we should order from luna malnati's get out to Torre. okay Wait, we need him to pilot. <laughs> I don't think he's doing any piloting. I'm is not that, sure. Is that Balmos? Who's, who's, who's steering this thing? I'm a pilot of the Caribbean. The pod chamber has been set on autopod chamber. Oh, Jesus. Why is that a bad thing? Pod chamber is the most sophisticated robot known to man. Did you build the pod chamber? No. Okay, good. Then we're fine. I stole it from Professor Xavier. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I think he's looking for it. I think he called me up the other day. You got a call from Professor Xavier? He was like, you seen a big rusty Epcot ball floating around anywhere? Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, you can read my thoughts. You do, you tell me. And what did he say? No. No. No, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't, I hadn't been here yet. Do you think he was just using that as a pretext for he, trying to just talk to you? He might have been. I think he's lonely. Yeah. That's kind of awkward. It's lonely at the top. It's lonely at the bottom, too, Jeffrey. You get to catch my meaning. <laughs> you are way too greasy for you to say that. <laughs> Ugh. Boo! Dottori? Dottori, can you hear us out there? Copy, head honcho. Is your oxygen boot breathing apparatus securely covering your mouth and nose? That's a big ten forward. Odor and out. No, not odor and out. You need us to direct you to U2's landing site. Oh, yeah. Hey, are you using Google Moons? Nope. MapQuest. The analog version. Bogus. Right? 
Okay, Tatori, if you look past the crater off to the west, you should see a large, flat, basaltic plain. That's Sinus Iridium. Uh, Latin for the Bay of Rainbows. Shut up. I'm just saying. He's right, though. Jeffrey, shut up. Hey. Anyway, Sinus Iridium is U2's landing site, and the rover's intended destination is the crater Laplace A. That's where I is! Am. Ham? No, am, not ham. Mission Control, where's the ham, odor? Where's Sam? Don't you start. Oh, snap! We can talk pigs in Latin later! I see her! She's a-coming around the mountain! That's good, because I think we're running low on oxygen here in the pod chamber. My life support system is made out of three cactuses and a sports bra. Great. Detore, let's make this quick so we can get home. Copy that! I'm now approaching the rover on foot at full speed! What is he doing? (laughs) Running. Can he even do that? Attention, you two rover! I am Detore, man of science! Please pull over and await further seduction! Mission Control, she's not stopping. Should I attempt a full-body romantic tackle? No! Too late! My inertia cannot be contained! Hello, rover! I'm pleased to meet you! Let's go on a date! Detore? Detore? What happened? Uh... Hey, guys. We're friends, right? Yeah? No. Then I need you to get out here right away and bring some garbage bags. Did you just break the U2 rover? She's just resting! <laughs> In pieces. Oh, China's gonna be so mad. What happens on the moon stays on the moon. Dude. It's the Convergence Science Fiction Convention all over again. I'll get the shovels. Oh. <laughs> what a gnarly adventure. It's a shame that we didn't find the U2 rover anywhere, isn't it? That's right, Detore. That's right, Detore. And Mars has one less crater. It's funny how they fill themselves in. Ah, <sighs> well. Mars? What? Mars? Does, did we go look, to Mars? Look, you can't fill- dispose of a non-existent robot skeleton the same place you didn't destroy it. Yeah, this makes perfect sense, Clayton. Come on, get your head together. <laughs> We're going to be fine. We've not been burying bodies together for a while now. I think we need to get our stories straight, guys. Yes, we need to get our straight guys' stories. Anyway, <clears throat> gentlemen, let's forget about any of that. I'm glad that we took a little jerk to the moon, but now we're safely headed back to the earth. And you know what time it is, guys. It's not time for a victory lap. It's not time for a snack. You know what time it is? I wanted a snack. I... Well, tough titty! It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! Not drugs, but plugs! Give me a hug! Don't... You're far too slippery for hugs. Thank you. I was a sliverin'. <laughs> Jesus. Of course you were. Anyway, boys, as you know, here on the Old Blaster Podcast, we like to advertise things that our guests are up to these days. So what, what do you guys want to do? Look, has got a plug! We'd like to plug uh, your idiot roommate's... Other project. Why? One of his projects. All right. Let me try that again. We'd like to plug your idiot roommate's project uh, and ours, Our Fair City. Our Fair City is a post-apocalyptic radio epic for the internet. It's distributed online at OurFairCity.com. You can find us on Facebook at Our Fair City Radio and on Twitter at 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 OFC Radio. Uh, We're all over iTunes. If you search for our podcast, the show is free to listen to and there are four seasons of it out now. And in really exciting news, we're actually launching our fifth season. So if you're in the Chicagoland area like we are now, 
Um, well, we're approaching Chicago land area. We oh, we're not there yet. We haven't landed yet, Jeffrey. Oh, don't oh, gotcha. count, don't count your eggs before they've harvested. Tori, there are no windows in the pod chamber. It's really unsettling, and it's really stifling. Anyway, Thank we're having you. a party once we get back to Chicago. Uh, that's going to be on Saturday, January eighteenth in two thousand fourteen. Uh, it's at the Defibrillator Performance Art Gallery. That's 1136 North Milwaukee Avenue. It's right by Ashland Division in Milwaukee's intersection. So near the Blue Line, near a bunch of buses. Uh, come on down. We're going to be doing a, a little preview, uh, some special clips from the show. There will be performances and food, complimentary food, VIP refreshments, uh, dance and music. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we're accepting a suggested donation of $20 for admission, and you can do that in advance on our website or at the door, whichever you prefer. And all of those donations go towards creating even more Our Fair City. Uh, also, if you head to our website right now, you can not only check out a whole bunch more information about that, but you can actually hear an exclusive little preview of the fifth season. That's so OurFairCity.com. Ooh, sneak preview. Well, gentlemen, you and I fully support your RFR City project, because the more I can get my idiot roommate to do that, the less he's around the pod chamber stinking it up with a stupid axe body spray. And speaking of the stupid pod chamber, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fan of Blaster Podcast, I encourage you to go on iTunes and click subscribe. You can get the episodes without even thinking about it, you dingus. Also, uh, if you're a fan of Blaster Podcast, go ahead and rate it on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and at BlastroPodcast.com. Also, another thing mentioned on the Christmas episode of Blaster Podcast, we are going to start rolling out microsodes, miniature little tastes of Blaster Podcast magic, so you can guys get, get more of that on the regs. Uh, so, if you have Ask Detore questions, uh, uh, those will be answered in future Microsoft installments in 2014. Just to whet your appetite, future episodes will be about friendship, cloning, and blood. So, if you have any questions about those things, feel free to write in to at Ask Detore on Twitter. Ask me a question, and you may get yourself answered, motherfucker. I'm really nervous about all three of those. Wait, really? Well, all three of them combined, especially. Blood clone friendship? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to be on them, so... I plan on never coming near this pond chamber again <laughs> as soon as I can get out. <laughs> what a gracious guest. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on Blaster Podcast. I hope the Sphinx at the door didn't give you too much of a problem. And I wish we could have found the U2 rover, but alas. Alas. I didn't see it at all. I, I missed it. I must have missed it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh should we destroy this videotape? Yes. Yes. Done. Psst, 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 psst.